Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Pastor KJ from Radiant Church, and I'm so excited that you guys are joining us on YouTube today. I believe that God has given me a word that's going to change your life. My sermon is entitled, Consider the Ways of the Ant. And God is going to use one of the smallest things in creation to teach us one of the biggest lessons of life. I pray that you're blessed by the message. I pray it speaks to you and it strengthens you. So get ready for what God has in store. Well, if you guys are taking notes, the title of my sermon is... Consider the ways of the ant. Everyone say, consider, consider. The, ways the ways of the ant. Of the ant. <laughs> Ain't that such a weird title? Pastor, what are you finna preach on today? I actually hit this sermon a little bit today, but God's giving me some new revelation. And I'm not going to do my little commandment announcements today either. But I am going to give you five more points of wisdom. But I will not do my commandment announcements because I don't feel like waiting on them. I'm jumping straight in. We out of time now. So, so. Consider the ways of the ant. Now, I am a person, and you guys may not like me. Y'all may think I'm an evil person. But when I was a kid, I made a living out of killing ants. I was an ant killer. I'm telling you, I would see a hole of ants. I would go light their little holes on fire, their dens on fire. I would step on them and crush them. I was an ant killer. And I remember one day, I was walking, and I tripped, and I fell in an ant hole. And all the ants from the ant, the ant ancestry, they told the ants that was currently there, this man has been tormenting us for a hundred years. Unleash the dragon and go get this man. And as I sat there in that ant pile, I got bit so many times I couldn't count. And those ants got me back. I thought 10 dogs was on me with the fell on those pile of ants. And I realized don't play with those ants. I realized don't play with them. Now, now, before I jump too far into the ants, I'm going to show you how they tie back to wisdom. And y'all, and all thine getting, the Bible says, get understanding, get wisdom, get wisdom, get wisdom. And, and, and yes, wisdom comes from God and it comes from the word of God. But wisdom is more than just knowing the scripture. It's more. Have you ever met some people that know the scripture and they were still idiots? You can know the Bible, and you can use the Bible as a sword to cut people, not a scalpel to help people. And a wise person knows how to use the Word of God and rightly divide the Scripture to use it to be a blessing, to use it to be beneficial, to use it to be transformative, to change people's lives. But a fool can take that same Bible and those same verses and condemn people and judge people and crush people and push them away from God. If you are preaching a gospel that's not causing people to want to draw near to God, you're preaching a false gospel. Now, sometimes the truth is convicting and people run from the truth. But at the same time, Christ said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. And there's something evangelistical. The Bible says that gospel is the power of God unto salvation. People should be drawn to hear the gospel when it's preached with the right heart. You may say the, wrong, the right thing with the wrong heart. And now it's become the wrong thing because God is not just looking for truth. He's looking for truth in love. And sometimes it's not that we don't have the truth, but we're missing the love that's causing the gospel to become repellent to a dying world. Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the family. Jesus is the hope of your jobs. Jesus is it. And if we would preach the truth in love, people would be drawn to God. And what happens is, as the church, we're more concerned with behavior modification than we are soul transformation. And now the church is afraid to deal with tough things because we don't want your blood or your mess or your dirt to get too, to get too close to us. So when we see something that don't look religious, we want to push you away. 
And it's so sad because the church is like, we're cool with your sin as long as everyone don't know about it. But the sins that people can see, we're not okay with those, leave. And that's been the church. That's been the church. And now the church is weakened because we are afraid to help people grow and process them because we lack wisdom. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the ability to connect truth. Wisdom is the ability to take your experiences, your knowledge, what you've been taught in the word of God and apply it all instantaneously. Wisdom is the ability to be asked a tough question and then within seconds have an answer. Wisdom is the ability to see conflict and know how to resolve it. Wisdom is the ability to speak into a hurting, broken person and bring healing and restoration. Wisdom is the ability to say no. Wisdom is the ability to stand. It takes wisdom to get up and speak and it also takes wisdom to to sit down and listen. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. And in all thine getting, you have to get wisdom. And there's three ways to get wisdom. And of course, the first way, I'm not going to count it as one of the three, is going to God and God will endow you with wisdom. But you get wisdom through information that's learning from other people's situation. You get wisdom through observation that's watching other people as they go through. And you get wisdom from application. And that is simply you going through because you're hard-headed. And because you're hard-headed, you have to go through it to learn. As my mama used to say, it's not in the Bible, but she says, a hard head and make a soft behind. And unfortunately, some of you guys got some soft behinds because you got a little blockhead. That ain't nice. I probably shouldn't say that. Now, here's what one of the things the wise does. It's in Proverbs. And Solomon talks about this. The Bible says, guard your heart. Everyone say guard. Guard. Your Your heart. heart. The reason the Bible tells you to guard your heart, it says guard your heart because out of it flows the issues of life. One translation says out of it flows the springs of life. In other words, the Bible says if you're going to be wise, you have to guard your heart. Because when the enemy comes for you, the first thing he does is target your heart. And he comes to harden your heart, to frustrate your heart, to irritate your heart. Because if he can stop your heart, he can shut down your life. And what's the end? And, and because out of your heart flows the issues of life, it's speaking as a river is flowing. And what the enemy does is he comes to bring a dam to stop the heart from flowing. And you can't let him bring a dam. You have to remove all of those things so your heart continues to flow. The wise guards their heart because they know that if the enemy captures their heart, he takes their life. I'm going to show you something, the wisest people I've ever seen. There's probably like seven of them. Seven of the wisest people. I made a list last night. I was thinking about these individuals. Seven of the wisest people I've ever seen, they had this one thing in common. I was trying to see, like, what did they all have in common? What was the common thread between the seven wisest people I ever met? Even the ones I read about in Scripture has the same thread. Um, some of them have different information. Some of them can communicate well. Some can't. Some have great answers. Some don't. Some has better questions. There's all kind of variables, but there was one thread I saw between the wisest people I've ever met. And the thing I saw was they all had a good temperament. They all had a good temperament. None of them was easily angered. None of them was hasty. None of them was easily frustrated. None of them had problems forgiving. None of them had hardened hearts. The wisest people, out all of them, they all had a soft heart. They, they could be strong, but they still had a good heart. The wisest people I saw, all of them, the common thread was they had a great temperament. You can look at someone's temperament and get a good indicator of their wisdom. 
if someone's a hothead, you're probably dealing with a fool. If someone gets frustrated easy, you're probably dealing with a fool. If someone is easily offended, you're probably dealing with a fool. But the wise are tempered. They're tempered. They're balanced. They're, they're sober. They're vigilant. If you want to be wise, bring your temperament under the submission of God. It's something about the temperament because wisdom materializes. You cannot be wise without wisdom indwelling your body. Wisdom will indwell you. Now, something I want to say before I jump into the scripture. Something I want to say. One of the things that's going to activate your wisdom is your purpose. One of the things that's going to activate your wisdom is your purpose. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Because it was your purpose that started your pulse. It was your purpose that started your pulse. God gave you a pulse because he first gave you a purpose. He gave you an assignment, then he gave you a heartbeat to fulfill that assignment. And the moment you lose your purpose, it weakens your pulse. That's why when people retire, they die faster. There was a study done. There's a study done, and there was six, uh, 70 year olds, and 100 of them retired, and another 100 retired, but they had two different things. This 100 would go into volunteer work, and they would find another source of job. These volunteers would just go on vacation and, and just travel and just enjoy them li- their lives and rest and sleep in and no longer work. The crazy thing they found out is the 100 that went into another form of work, they lived over another 20 years. 80% of them lived another 20 years, and then 20% died, things happened. But then you look at the group where 100 of them just stopped working. They just retired, they got their money, they cashed out, they traveled. And that percentage of them, 80% of them died, and only 20% lived. And they saw that when you had work in a sense of purpose, you live longer. When you don't, you die sooner, because it was your purpose that started your pulse. And the moment purpose is removed, post weakens. Which means if you need your post to be strengthened, find your purpose. Oh, give God a shout of praise. Even if you retire from a job because you was never created to be employed, you was created to be deployed to the world. If you have your Bibles, go to Proverbs chapter 6. I'll give you guys a second to get there. Y'all, this is going to be good today. If I wasn't preaching, I'd watch the YouTube video myself. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 6. Y'all should be able to find it if you read your Bible. Okay, I'm going to quit shooting shots. I'll be nice. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. The Bible says, go to the ant. Wow. Wow. How does the, the Bible says go to the ant? Out of everything, go to the ant, you slugger, consider her ways and be wise. In other words, the Bible is saying if you want to be wise, go to the ant. This is the dumbest thing I have ever read. Just imagine, hey, pastor, I want to be wise. Oh, you want to be wise? Yeah, I want to be wise. Go to the ants. What? Canceling session is over. Have a blessed day. Like, what are you talking about? Wisdom? Ants? Huh? 
It said, go to the ants, consider her ways, and be wise. Which means if you want to be wise, don't go to the pastors. Don't, don't go to the celebrities on YouTube. Don't, don't go to the talk show hosts. Don't go to the priests. Don't go to the prophets. Don't go to the gurus and the sages. Go to the ants. In other words, God was saying that my wisdom was put inside of the ant. God created the skies. He created the galaxies. He created the Milky Ways. He created the oceans, the seas, the forests, the Grand Canyons. He created the bears, the giraffes, the mountains, all of these big, grand things. And he said, if you want to find my wisdom, go to the smallest thing. Now, why would God instruct us to go to the smallest thing? I believe God instructed us to go to the smallest thing because it had the least amount of advantage. Because, see, some of you guys will say, well, pastor, I'll be wise, but I'll be wise if I had. I'll be wise if when. And God is saying, if I can put wisdom in the little bitty ant, why can't you make something happen? I didn't put it in the bear. I didn't put it in a giraffe. I'm not saying they don't have none. But he's saying, when you want to really find wisdom, go find some ants. We're going to find out why. Let's continue to read. Go to the ant, you slugger. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you slumber, old slugger? When, you ri- when will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to sleep. So shall poverty come on you like a prowler or robber, and your need like an armed man. Let's break down the scripture. God is saying that you lazy person, you slugger, you person that's not diligent, you that don't work, you that don't have work ethic, you that, is, that isn't walking in purpose or destiny. It's saying you, you, you. It's saying that poverty will come upon you like a robber. Like a robber. How does a robber come upon you? Every robber has one thing in common. They don't announce themselves before they come. If you ever had something stolen from you, you feel so betrayed because you're like, I didn't even see you coming. I remember one time I had a sound system in my car. I was young and stupid. Probably shouldn't have had one. But I had a sound system in my car. And man, I remember just rocking around. I had my little sound system. And I got up the next day to turn on my music, and I had no beat in the trunk. I was like, what happened to my beat? <laughs> I shouldn't have had it. I know I was young, so y'all can't judge me. Ah. So I just got robbed, and I was just, I was so hurt. It wasn't that the stuff couldn't be replaced. But I'm like, how did they get me? How did they get in my car? There's no busted windows. I'm like, where they at? Just, whoo, gone, smooth criminal. They just had me gone. Like, I just can't even understand. You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth criminal. Like, I my bad, y'all. I'm supposed to know that. Uh-huh. But I got struck by a smooth criminal, and I was mad. It just snuck up on me. When I least suspected it, I was robbed. The Bible says that's how poverty is going to come upon you. You're going to be just living your life at your job, and you broke. You're going to be just walking through life, having need, and you're broke. You're going to just be living your life, and all of a sudden, poverty is going to come upon you. And the problem with poverty is it's not just money. Poverty is a mindset. Which means this mindset is going to creep upon you. This spirit is going to creep upon you. And now you have a poverty mindset. And the enemy is going to use that poverty mindset to cut off blessing and favor from your life. And you are going to work. And you're going to try to save and try to get ahead. And all of a sudden you're going to look up and poverty is going to be in your face. And it's going to strike you before you even know you got hit. 
That poverty will come upon you like a robber. And then it said, and then your need will come upon you like an armed man. Wow. An armed man. Let me tell you what happens when someone arms come upon you. When someone arms come upon you, they are waving a gun in your face. And you're in the most vulnerable state because there's nothing you can do about it. You are sitting there like this, terrified. You may have a gun in the car. There's nothing you can do. You may be stronger than this person. There's nothing you can do. You may be bigger than this person. There's nothing you can do because it has come upon you armed. And there's nothing you can do. And the Bible says your needs in life will come upon you like an armed man. In other words, you're going to be broken. There's nothing you can do. You're going to need food and there's nothing you can do. You're going to need to pay for tuition and there's nothing you can do. You're going to need money to fund your business. There's nothing you can do. You're going to want to bless people and there's nothing you can do because need came upon you like an armed man. And it is in your face, waving his gun, and you are sitting there in surrender, helpless. And God is saying that if you do not consider the ways of the ant, and be wise, and be vigilant, and be prosperous, and execute, and move quickly, God is saying, this is your fate. You sluggard. You sluggard. The Bible is saying, don't be a sluggard. And some of you guys are just sluggards. You're just tired. You're just, you know what a sluggard is? It's one of them little slugs. I'm, a, a slugger just a little sloth. You see them little sloths? They just be slothing up. Some of y'all just sloths. You just get out your bed. Ah, I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. I feel so much. And you just sloth. You just be sliding. Just sliding. I'm telling you, some of y'all just be sliding because a sloth just slides. I'm telling you, it just slide over to the branch. It just slide down the field. It just slide up the tree. And then if it could just find some food, it could just slide to the food. And then it'll sit there for two months just eating what it can eat. And then when it runs out of food, it just slide to the next piece of food. Just slide. And some of y'all just sliding to work. Sliding to parents or kids. Sliding to your business. Sliding to church. Sliding through the day. But I declare by the power of God, we will not walk around sliding no more. I'm gliding into the things of God. I'm gliding into the will of God. I'm running towards the purpose of God. And I will run and not grow weary because my king is with me. I'm not going to be sliding in 2023. I am moving in 2023 into the things of God. I am not sliding. I am striding into the will of my God. Just sliding. I will not be a sloth. No, 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 I would not be a soft because poverty comes upon you. Let me tell you about poverty. Poverty is not just your bank account. It's a mindset. Your poverty is not determined by your address. It's determined by your mindset because we can change your address. But if you still have a poverty mindset, you're going to take your poverty to your new address. In other words, you can move out the ghetto, but that don't mean the ghetto is going to move out of you. And you're going to go to the suburbs with your same ghetto living. Now you got trash all in front of your door. Now it's all dirty. Everybody house look nice but yours. Everybody got, everybody grass cut but yours. Everybody car wash but yours because you are a sluggard. You're a sluggard. And let me tell you about this mindset. It's so powerful all the way to the point that when God was destroying Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot's wife left, she left, she looked back, got frozen and turned her into a pillar of salt. Why did he freeze her? He said, because I destroyed Sodom, and Sodom is still in you, and if I let you escape, you're going to take that over here. And God is saying, see, see, you got to get that sin out of you. You got to get that stuff out of you. You got to get that shame out of you. You got to get that sloth out of you, because I'm taking you somewhere, and over there won't make it over here. 
See, the way your family them think ain't going to make it over here. The way your cousin them act ain't going to make it over here. What you grew up believing ain't going to make it over here. God is saying, I'm doing a new thing. And if you bring the old thing, I'm going to cut it down to nothing. I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. So, so, so. Something I noticed in life. Something I noticed in life. I'll never forget my friend who didn't have much. He said the stupidest thing to me I ever, I ever heard. He said, Pastor KJ, see, you got more money than me. If I had your money, I'd be good. And if you had my money, you'd be struggling. I said, psych, ain't wrong. Because if I had your money, I'd turn it into my money. Be quiet, Siri. If I had your money, I would turn it into my money. And if you had my money, you would turn it into your money. Because in life, you don't get what you want. You get who you are. If you are a slugger, you're just going to be sliding through money, sliding through business, sliding through life. Oh, but if you are diligent and you consider the ways of the end, you are going to work with vigilance and execution. And you're going to turn bad into better. But if you're a slugger, you're going to turn better into bad. So, so in life, you get who you are. You cannot escape it. You cannot escape it. I'm going to share something with you guys that is so disgusting. Y'all don't judge me. I remember when I first got married, and I had gas. And when you kind of got gas, you don't want your wife to know the real you. You got to cover it up a little bit. So I was in the bed, and I was like, boop, 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 boop. I was like, man, I can't let her know, you know, who I really am, you know what I'm saying? So I was like, let me go and get up there, you know. So I got up, you know. Ah, ah, I had to get up out there, you know what I'm saying? I hit that hallway. I let loose, you know what I'm saying? And I went back in the room. I thought I was good. She wake up, what is that smell? I was like, I thought I left that out there. But what happened out there, follow me back in here. <laughs> in other words, you can't escape who you are. And if you are undiligent, if you are a sluggard, if you don't work hard, if you don't have no wisdom, all of the foolishness out in this situation is just going to follow you to a new situation. You're just going to be late to your new job. You're just going to hate your new employers. You're just going to get frustrated with your new pastor. You're just going to betray your new friends because that's who you are. And until you change the source of it, your reality keeps repeating itself. I'm preaching good, y'all. So it's a... Consider the ways of the ant and be what? Be wise. Be wise. Now, it said, consider the ways of the ant. It said, consider the ways. That word ways represents behavior. It said, consider the behavior of the ant and be wise. See, I used to think wisdom was just what you knew, but wisdom is also what you do. Wisdom ain't just what you know, it's also what you do. In other words, some of you guys are like, Pastor Kaji, I'm, I'm not wise, I don't know all that. Cool. You don't have to know all that to do all that. In other words, God is a wise instructor. And if you would be obedient, you would be wise by operation, even if you don't have the practical information. So he's saying, consider the ways of the ant. In other words, you might not even understand it, but if you would study the ways of the ant or study the ways of God or study the ways of Scripture and apply that to your life, 
you will be wise. Because wisdom isn't just head knowledge, it's application. Wisdom materializes. Never let someone tell you they're wise without seeing it in their life. If you're wise, it's going to reflect in everything you do. Everything you do is going to reflect. What you have is a reflection of you. And, and what's connected to you will not get better until you get wiser. Our church looks better this year than it did last year. You want to know why? Because myself and the team got wiser. And it's going to look better next year than it is this year because we're going to keep getting wiser and we're going to keep growing and keep sharpening ourselves and getting better. Which means if your business is tacky, it's because you are. Never let a man tell you his wise, he's wise and his wife and kids are out of order. Why? Because wisdom materializes. If you're wise, it will be apparent in your life. It will be apparent. You can't be a clean person. If your car dirty, your room dirty, your bathroom dirty, your sink dirty, your office dirty, guess what? You're dirty. And it's okay. Just get clean. Get clean because I'm telling you, it's a spirit. People that have junky cars, it's a spirit. Everything junky. Car, Starbucks got spill stains on it. Just everything. Ain't wash your clothes. Everything because you are a sluggard. So study, 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 study wisdom and apply, apply, apply wisdom. Now check this out. It's talking about the ant. And Proverbs 6 said, who having no ruler, overseer, or captain. Everyone say ruler, overseer, captain. The ant is wise, and the ant doesn't have a ruler, an overseer, or a captain. In other words, it's saying, church, it don't have no one holding it accountable, but it's still getting done. It don't have no one holding it accountable, but it's still getting it done. Imagine your life without a ruler, a captain, or an overseer. I couldn't imagine my wife at the Dallas Mall without a captain, a ruler, or an overseer with my credit card. I cannot imagine that. Just you get some money, I buy that shirt, you swipe this, she be just swiping everything. And I'm there to say, it's time to leave now, now. Let's go and get up out of here. We, we got enough. Imagine your kids at home with no captain. Some of y'all ain't never heard of baby's kids, but that's what you got, and we're praying for them to change. Um, that's good. You guys ain't never watched it. Um, I haven't either. But check this out. Got you. So check this out. If you've never heard of them, there are some kids that's bad, and when there's no parental control, they act up. They act up because they have no ruler. When we was in school, we set it off on them substitutes teachers. We had one teacher come. We had that lady crying. We were throwing her wig around the room. I mean, we punished that lady. Anybody went to my school? T.I.? And why did we punish her? We punished her because she wasn't a captain, a ruler, or an overseer. And we could smell it. Have you ever had somebody watch your kids and you just like, man, they played you. Like, they played you. They wouldn't do it if I was here because there was no ruler, captain, or overseer. And the ant performs at the highest level with no ruler, captain, or overseer. And you want to know why the ant does that? The ant does that because it knows no bodies coming. No bodies coming. Nobody's coming to tell you to work. No one's coming to tell you to save for your kids' college. No one's coming to tell you to get a promotion at your job. No one's coming to tell you to serve your church. No one's coming. And if you don't get before God and make a decision to grow and make a decision to stretch and make a decision to evolve, you're going to be stuck in a state 
repetitively because no one's coming. The aunt knows no one's coming. No one's coming to get me. No one's coming to rescue me. No one's coming to make me do the right thing. I remember when I was a kid, I could sleep to my alarm because I knew mama was coming. No one's coming. And the ant knows that. And the ant has his gazes on something because the ant knows that what I eat in winter determines, is determined by what I sowed in summer. What I eat in winter is determined by what I sowed in summer. And some of you guys are going to be hungry in winter because you didn't sow nothing in summer. Some of you guys are going to be struggling in winter because you didn't do nothing in summer. And all summer long, the ant is thinking, winter, 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 winter. Got to have food for winter, winter. Got to have shelter for winter, winter. And you guys aren't thinking about the future. You're living in the present. And you're not considering the ways of the ant and being wise. I'm going to show you a couple things. The ant is self-motivated. They don't need no one to reward them. We just rewarded some people, and that's awesome. But the thing I love about them is that ain't why they did it. They did it for God. They did it for you. They did it for the church. They did not need a reward. They did it anyway. And sometimes in life, you will be rewarded for what you do. And sometimes you won't. You have to do it anyway. The end is not looking for a reward. It knows that my reward is winner, being prepared, having what I need, having food, having shelter. It's, it, you know, it, it's one of the things that, that, that I struggle with sometimes is when people have sudden need, sudden need. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't pay this this month. Oh, God, I can't take care of this. Oh, God, this has come upon me. I help everyone, but it just kind of bothers me because I'm like, you know those people need their money every first. You know your car notes due every month, so why was you out eating all month? Like, did you just think this day wasn't going to come? One day it's going to come. I remember my cousin, hopefully he don't watch this, and he wanted to get in shape for his wedding. I, I got real time. I was in nice shape for my wedding. <laughs> I was Gucci. But I remember he was getting in shape for his wedding, and we was like two days away from his wedding. He just running miles and walking. I'm like, bro, it's too late now. You had all year to get in shape. It's too late now. You should have been doing this. How do you wait until the deadline to finally get a pep in your step? No, no. You have to think winter all summer. And the ant is prepared for whatever comes. So what is a slugger? What is a slugger? A slugger is someone with no urgency. No urgency. They have no pep in their step. They have an energy deficiency. No urgency, no pep, no get up and go, nothing. No pep. They're just, no energy. Church, 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 church. You have to have energy. We talk about money management. We talk about time management. You have to have energy management. You have to eat. You have to sleep. You have to exercise because you need energy. And if you're young, you're in deep, 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 deep danger if you lack energy. You're in deep danger. You're in such danger. You're in the most danger ever. And let me tell you why you're in danger. Because the Bible says the glory of the old man is his gray hair and the glory of the young man is his strength. Which means that when you're young... You got to make up in strength what you lack in wisdom. And if you're lacking strength, you don't have nothing to make up for the lack in wisdom. And if you don't have strength, that's your glory. Young people in this room, hear me good. You don't have the savings. You don't have the money. You don't have the opportunity. You don't have the career path. 
which means you need strength. You need to be able to get it. I remember when I started my business, I was dumber, I was broker, I had less of everything, but I had more strength. Oh, guys, y'all got to go to bed at 5. I could work till 5 a.m. I ain't got a family, I ain't got a kid, and I just work around the clock. Why? I had strength. And I made up in strength what I lacked in wisdom. And some of you guys are young and you don't have families. This is your time to go get it. This is game time. This is game time. This is game time. This is game time. I'm going to get in the word of God. I'm going to get in the presence of God. I'm going to seek God because when you have a family, you won't have as much time. This is game time. You have to get your energy under control because your energy is your strength. It's your strength. I'm going to show you a couple things. I'm going to show you a couple things with this. The Bible says you devour in the morning so you can divide in the evening. You devour in the morning so you can divide in the evening. And what happens is if you didn't devour in the morning, you won't have anything to divide in the evening. If you don't devour in the morning, you won't have anything to divide in the evening. In other words, what you do in your 20s and 30s and 40s determines what you divide in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. If you was lazy while you were young in the early parts, you're not going to have nothing to divide in the later parts. You devour while you're young so you can divide when you're old. Consider the ways of the ant and be wise. This is game time. This is game time. Now I want to show you a couple things about the ant. We're going to get into five things the ant does well. Everyone say five things. The ant does well. Okay, before I share those, the first thing I want to say is the ant can lift 40 times their own weight. Wow. We, we, if we measure strength by what it can lift, it may not be that strong, but you can see a little ant carrying a piece of bread like a champ. I saw an ant. I'm like, man, this big old thing was carrying some bread. I saw this one ant. He walked up to this piece of bread. That bread was 10 times his size. He walked up to that thing. He grabbed it. He backed that thing up. He walked back up and grabbed it. He backed that thing up. He walked up and grabbed it. He backed that thing up. I said, that ant ain't playing, man. But when you see a big task, I need some help. I don't know how to do this. He handle business he handled business they can barrel 30 feet deep in the ground that little ant you can barely see can go 35 feet down in the ground digging up hustling getting the job done i'm telling you and it does all this and guess what it can only live up to 60 days gets all this done it only lives up to be 60 days here's five things the ant does well if you guys are taking notes the first one is the ant never procrastinates. The ant never procrastinates. Procrastination is doing tomorrow what God has anointed you to do today. Procrastination is doing tomorrow what God has anointed you to do today. In other words, God has given you an assignment today. He has given you grace today. He has given you a call today. And you're saying, God, I'll just do it tomorrow. I'll just pray tomorrow. Some of you guys won't be at growth track today because you'll say, I'll just come next week. A little cold outside, a little inconvenient. The kids are hungry. It's doing tomorrow what God has anointed you today. And the ant never procrastinates. He said, I'm going to get it done now. I'm going to get it done today. And God is looking for people that's doing something. Everybody that God used was doing something. Everybody, I'm talking about Elisha was plowing, David was shepherding, shepherding. Uh, the disciples was fishing. Everybody God found was doing something. And if you're doing nothing, you may not get found by God. He is looking for people doing something because God is saying, if you're doing something, all I have to do is give you the right thing to do and you already have the work ethic. God is looking for certain people. 
Let me show you how valuable Paul was. Jesus had his disciples. And literally, we see God do something for Apostle Paul he doesn't do for no one else in the Bible. He, he sees Paul, who is persecuting Christians. I mean, Paul's taking over. He's moving things forward. And Jesus himself say, I got to go get that dude. Now, I can't go raise this up somewhere. He's different. I made him that way. I can't just go find anybody and anoint him. Paul is different. So what he did was he came and knocked Paul off his horse, knocked him down blind, kept him for three days. Loki got Paul kidnapped. Like this is Jesus then came and, and, and blinded this man and kidnapped this man so he can get his attention because he needed Paul. He couldn't just go raise this up somewhere else because Paul got it done. He executed, executed, executed. He considered the the ways of the end. He was wise. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And God said, I need that guy. Because he's going to move the gospel in ways that even Peter can't. I need Paul. Are you a Paul? Are you a pioneer? Are you someone that moving? Are you moving things forward to where Jesus said, if you ain't a Christian, I got to come get you and evangelize you myself because I need that a part of my kingdom. How are we moving the kingdom forward? How are we building up God's house? The ant never procrastinated. The ant was always prepared. He, oh, he was always prepared. He was always ready. All winter, he was thinking about summer. All winter, he was thinking about summer. We see the same thing with Joseph. Joseph was prepared. There was a seven-year famine, and Joseph stored up grain. Every time the, 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 the land was prosperous, Joseph would store up grain because he knew one day famine was coming. What have you stored up for famine? Are you ready? Are you prepared? I'm going to show you the next one. Everyone say, the ant is a great steward. The is a great steward. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 25. I'm going to read this quick. I'm going to jump down to verse 20. It says... So he who received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you deserve, Lord, you deliver me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were, you were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24. Then he who had received one talent, everyone say one talent, came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. Why everybody that can't get nothing done always finessing? Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gather where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there is what, and look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and slothful servant. Let me read that again. I think that goes with my sermon a little bit. You wicked and slothful servant. You slothful. In other words, the Lord's like, you just sliding over here. You just sliding over there. You knew what I reap and what I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. So here's God. 
God is taking from him that has little and giving it to him that has much because him that has much is a steward. And when you look at the world, it's a lot of people that have much and it seems like they keep getting more and more and more. And those that don't have much, they're not getting enough and they complain and they get frustrated about it. But could it be you're not a steward? Could it be God's not choosing to bless you? Could it be? Verse 29. For to everyone who has will be giving, uh, more will be given and he will have abundance, but from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Many men got through in hell. My God, I, I don't know if it was that serious, Lord. My God. All he did was not invest. It's so crazy here. What's so crazy about that passage of Scripture is because... You would think that the Lord's reaction would be more merciful, right? I mean, it ain't like he was sinning, partying, doing all this stuff we deem as sin. He was just being undiligent, and God was furious. Why? Because we just thought godliness was just praising and worshiping and being spiritual. Godliness is stewardship. You are just as much ungodly when you're not stewarding as you are when you're sinning. It's all ungodliness because to be godly means to be godlike. And God-like is sinless. God-like is peace, joy. It's not being a sloth. It's considering the ways of the end and being wise. It's handling everything that God is giving you properly. And it's investing your talent. Some of you guys got talent and you're sitting on it. That's ungodly. Some of you guys can worship and you won't even tell us because I don't feel like singing. I don't feel like worshiping. Some of you guys can greet and serve. You got great personalities. I don't want to greet this year. I'm just going to chill this year. And you're taking your talent and burying it and hiding it. You're not being a steward. You're not being a steward. You have to be a steward. And let me tell you something about being a steward is it opens up the blessing because God would never give you money. The Bible says he gives you the power to get wealth. In other words, your wealth is in your stewardship. Your provision is in your stewardship. We can't name it, claim it. You can't go touch that car, spin around three times and say it's mine. No, it's not. It still belongs to the car lot. It's theirs. And you can go take out your loan and get it, but it's still there because it ain't paid off. God has principles, church. He has ways. And if we're going to be godly, that's not just in spirituality. We'll preach that next week. But it's in a way we handle ourselves as stewards. And let me tell you something about stewardship. If you take what belongs to God, God will take what belongs to you. If you take what belongs to God... Got to take what belongs to you. Samson. God said, do not, do not be with Delilah. Forget you, God. Went and been with Delilah. And we all think that she cut his hair, his strength was in his hair, and that's what took his strength. Let's be honest. Is that even practical? His strength wasn't in his hair. Yeah, it was, but not technically. God put his strength there. And when he did that, she found his source of power. She cut his hair, but it was God that raised the strength. God took the strength because he took that woman that wasn't his, and God took the strength that was. Saul, God said, do not come and intermingle with the Amalekites. They worship false gods. Saul did not listen to God. He took, he took relations with the Amalekites, and God took the kingdom. Adam and Eve, God said, hey, you can eat from every tree freely here, but do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's a forbidden tree. Do not eat from it. They took from it, and God took the garden back, and he drove them out. 
Whenever you take what's God's, he would always take what's yours. The tithe, the tenth is God's. And when you take the tithe, God takes the 90. Not directly, but you can't financially get ahead because you're taking what's God's. Number three. Everyone say number three. The ant is persistent. The ant is persistent. I never forget this. I remember there was this little ant, and I remember that I would put a board in front of him. And I would cut him off. And I would cut him off. He'll just walk the next way. I cut him off. He'll walk the next way. I cut him off. He'll walk the next way. I sat there and done that for like 30 minutes. And every time I cut him off, he kept going. Why every time life cuts you off? Why every time the devil cuts you off? Why every time people cut you off, you quit walking? You quit building? You quit moving forward? Every time that ant was cut off, he found a new way to get it done. Why don't you? I don't care if you go to this church and you feel cut off. Go find another one. And you go and you try it this way. Go find another way. And this job don't work. Go find another job. Every time you're cut off, keep on building. I was watching a YouTube video about an ant. And I was just studying him. This ant was with his family. He was in his nice little ant, in his nice little ant hive. It was amazing, living the life. They picked the ant up. They put him in a jar. They drove him far away from what he was familiar with. They opened the jar, let the ant out. The first thing he did was start digging, rebuilding a home, picking up food, and gathering things. He didn't even take a moment to say, I miss my kids. Where am I at? What city is this? Immediately when his legs hit the ground, back to work he went. But you go through something. I just need a few days to just grieve and just really just process what's going on now. It's just a lot. You know, it's a lot. It was a lot for that ant to be taken, but he understood. Bro, I got 60 days to live. Let me build. Let me build. Life is but a vapor. You're spending it crying when you need to be spending it plowing. This life won't always last. God gave you time to build his kingdom. He's coming back, church, and we have to build. We have to invest. We can't give the Lord excuses when he come back. He's looking for results. He's looking for multiplied talents. I'm telling you, church, I'll never forget the other ant video I saw. This one was crazy. They took one of his legs off. And you want to know what he did? <laughs> Grab food and start building. Handicap. Why? Because he understood the assignment. Do you? Do you understand the assignment? The ant understood the assignment. I'm almost done. The keyboard player can come up. He was relentless. Number four, the ant is strategic. Everyone say strategic. Y'all got to wait. I'm thirsty. The ant was strategic. I'm going to read a quote to you. Victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek the win. Let me read it again because you probably missed it. Victorious warriors win first and then go to war, while defeated warriors go to war first and then seek the win. Let me explain this to you. Winners... Winners win first. They win first. In other words, let me explain this. Let's say you have a business you're going to start. And you're going to start this company. You have to win before you ever open the doors. You have to win in the way you train your staff. You have to win in the way you market, the way you prepare your product. You have to win. You have to finish the war before it ever starts. You have to anticipate everything, factor everything, plan for everything, get everybody ready for everything. 
then open the door. But if you go and open the door and then try to figure it out, you're already defeated. It's too late to seek to win. In other words, if you sweat in practice, you won't bleed in battle. If you sweat in practice, you won't bleed in battle. In life, you will have battles in tough situations. But if you're prepared, if you're strategic, if you sweat in practice, you will not build in, you will not fail and bleed in battle. It's better to be a warrior in a garden than it is to be a gardener in the war. If I'm a warrior in a garden, cool. I'm in here eating fruit and I got my sword, what's good? But if I'm a gardener out of war, somebody come help me out. Life is a war. Don't be a gardener. Be a warrior in a garden. And even if none's popping off, you're ready. I'm a prayer warrior in the garden. I'm in the word in the garden. I'm fasting and praying in the garden. So when spiritual warfare pop off, I'm ready. Let's go. Devil, we ready. Let's go. I ain't never scared. Jesus Christ got my back. Okay, I went back to high school. Number five. Ants are ambitious. Ants are ambitious. Now in church, we feel like this is a bad word. We feel like it's bad to be ambitious, but it's not. It's not. Do you know the disciples was very ambitious? And you would think that God would be like, don't be ambitious. Sit there and just, you know, just sit. No. <laughs> they, were, they, they, they wanted to be the greatest. And Jesus did not rebuke that desire. He said, whoever wants to be the greatest must first be the servant. In other words, Jesus was saying, it's okay to want to be great. It's okay to want to be the best. Just know what it really takes. To be the best ain't you lording over people and your name and lights and you're sitting on top of everybody. To be the best is you serving the people. You meeting the needs. You going low. You washing feet. You putting, laying your life down for other people. That is how you become great. Ants are ambitious. And the church doesn't have none. That's why the world buys up everything while we sit on the sidelines with no influence. And now everything we watch on TV is from the world. Everything we buy is from the world. All the video games our kids play is from the world. All the movies are from the world. And Jesus is nowhere because the church has sat down and had church while the devils bought everything. Because we have no ambition. Some of you guys got movie scripts inside of you, but you won't write them because I'm just going to sit here and just, you know, pray. Praying is great, but once you stop praying, it's time to get up and start working. Consider the ways of the ant and be wise. And the ant executes. He's vigilant. He goes after the things of God. He is small, but he is mighty. I'm telling you, you are mighty. You have been anointed for such a time as this. You've been called for such a time as this. You've been ordained for such a time as this. God wants to use you to reach your family, to reach your job. He wants to use you to make a difference. Consider the ways of the ant and be wise. And the ant thinks winter all summer. What are you going to do with the time, the wisdom, and the resources that God has given you? Wow. I hope you were blessed by today's message about the wisdom of the ants. I pray it spoke to you and you had divine wisdom and divine insight. Also, if you would like more information about Radiant Church or if you have any questions or need prayer, text the Radiant phone number at 903-201-0606. And also, if you've been blessed by the ministry of Radiant Church and you would like to give, give at RadiantChurchTSK.com and hit the Give tab. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Share this with your friends, family members, and coworkers. Y'all have a blessed day.